When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This guy fits the mold of a quarterback that can play in Chicago. Justin Fields into the end zone. Touchdown. I think Justin can develop into an elite passer in the NFL. He can be the quarterback of the future. He's already proven he can do so much. Touchdown. 61 yard. A Sunday stroll for Justin Fields. Justin Fields, you've shown us enough. Jimmy Letty and me. Okay, but will Justin Fields still play for the Bears next season? We're going to be asking that question a lot as we head into the draft. This from Adam Schefter today. The Bears already have been approached by multiple teams about trading the draft's number one overall pick, and Chicago is said to be, quote, leaning toward moving the pick. The number one pick now looks like it could be on the move. For all the noise about it, it's actually not too common to see a team trade up and then draft a quarterback with the first overall pick. Everyone remembers the Jared Goff deal, but the last one before that was Michael Vick in 2001. Vick to Atlanta came more than a decade after the Colts traded up for Jeff George, and Steve Farkowski was the first QB to be picked first after a trade up back in 1975 by the Falcons. A good reminder here what Bears GM Brian Poles said about the quarterback situation right after the season ended last month. Take a listen. As you have the first pick, there are people that sit there and go, the quarterback might be available there. You're saying Justin's your guy. Well, we're going to do the same as we've always done. We're going to evaluate the draft class. And I would say this, I'd have to be absolutely blown away to make that type of decision. He's going to have to be blown away as we welcome you here. What a crew today on NFL Live did. Our lofty Tim Hasselbeck here in studio with me. Mina Kimes in the mix as well. We'll get to Field Yates in just a little bit. Uh, Dan, let's start right there in Chicago. Should the Bears stick with Justin Fields or explore the QB options in the draft? Totally stick with Justin Fields. Now, they have the number one pick, so anything is on the table because it's the number one pick. The Bears have to ask themselves two questions. Who's going to be the better long-term player in their eyes? Because it's not just about resetting the quarterback kind of timetable or when it comes financially with your organization. Ask the Jets how that worked out, okay? Mm. And then the second thing is, who is going to get them more assets or more ammunition in that trade? If they think that it's going to be Justin Field going to somewhere else, then maybe it becomes a little bit more of a conversation. Or do they think trading the number one overall pick to somebody and forcing that team to hop Houston is going to get them more to rebuild their roster? I think anytime you see a guy play at the NFL level, you learn a little bit more than just seeing him play in college and think like, oh, he projects to be a good player. Mm -hmm. And I think, at least in my mind, I've seen enough from Fields to know he can be a really good player. Yep. When he came out, I thought, you know what? I think that he, there, there's Cam Newton-like ability in him. Thought he could play at an MVP level sure. at some point. Having seen him play, I, I still feel the same Reinforce way about it. Reinforced it, right? Probably reinforced. And so from at that point, you go, all right. And to your point, Dan, like, all right, what if you trade that number one pick to get guys to help a guy who's supremely talented. Mm -hmm. I would much rather do that than draft a quarterback that I think maybe is okay, but now I've depleted my opportunities to go make things around him better. It's so hard to find QBs who can consistently have success in this league. And I agree, guys. We've seen the flashes from fields that show us it could be possible long-term. Mina, here's the thing, though. You start talking about trading that number one spot or trading out of it, 
And you yeah. still got to think about what the draft looks like. So how important is it for Chicago to stay in the top five if they do give up the number one overall pick? It's tricky, Laura, because a lot of people, I would put myself in this group, believe that there are two defensive players in this draft who are in their own tier. Uh, Will Anderson, edge rusher out of Alabama, Jalen Carter, defensive tackle out of Georgia. Seeing Tyree Wilson, who's the edge rusher out of Texas Tech, creep up into that group. But if you believe it's those two players and you drop below pick four, as the Bears, you risk missing out on one of them because you have Arizona who's probably going to take a defensive player at three, and then Seattle's right behind them at five. Right. So there might be a floor for them. That said, the other thing that's true is that this Bears roster needs a lot of talent. The front seven needs help. The offensive line, they need skilled players. And if a team like, say, Carolina at nine or even beyond that were to offer a mother load of draft picks to move up to number one, I, as Chicago, would seriously consider that, even if it meant missing out on one of those two or three defensive players at the top. Let's put it in the context of who the Bears are. Justin Fields accounted for 27 touchdowns last year. They have the number one pick. They have the number one pick, and the quarterback still accounted for 27 touchdowns. That points to paints the picture of exactly how bad of a roster they are. They need to get so much improvement overall. So I think that's the big thing is, like, in the next domino is, who does Houston love at quarterback that somebody else loves mm. more that mm. they force that football team to give away a ton of picks to go to that number one spot? Right, Houston's at two, so they're thinking we might right. have to get up to one. All right, we're not done with this story today. Coming up later, we're going to tell you which teams beyond just Houston may be interested in going all the way up and trying to grab that number one spot. Adam Schefter tweeting this as we go to this new on NFL Live. Washington has released quarterback Carson Wentz. We bring in Field Yates first here. Field, why did Washington feel like they needed to make this move? Well, Laura, there are two very obvious reasons in this instance for releasing Carson Wentz. First of all, it was clear he was no longer the quarterback of the present or the future after his significant struggles, obviously impacted by injury last year, but was not getting the job done. And second, and perhaps most importantly, the financials, as releasing Carson Wentz creates north of $26 million in cap space for the Washington Commanders and leaves exactly $0 of dead money. This is a dollars and cents business. And the Commanders made a move today that had plenty of cap ramifications. Yeah, we have some ideas on the Commanders and what they may do at quarterback. We'll talk about that. But, Dan, first of all, for Wentz, what's next for him? I think one of two options. Find a team that has a starter that's a little bit in question, the Miami Dolphins, and maybe go say, I'm going to be the backup. And we know Tua has a little bit of an injury with his, uh, in history with injury. The second thing is maybe he's done with football. He's been beat up a ton. He's got a ton of injuries. He's made himself a ton of money. Maybe Carson Wentz walks away from the game mm -hmm. and decides to go and, and kind of live his life outside of football. I think those are one of the two things that can happen. I bet he plays somewhere, but I like your idea there of Miami. To a developing story, guys, this now out of the NFL Rules Committee meetings being held this week. Back in December, NFL Rules Executive, or excuse me, NFL Executive VP of Football Operations, Trey Vincent, said there will be a healthy discussion on making penalties like roughing the passer reviewable by a coach's challenge. Field, what's going on on that front today? Yeah, Laura, as you just laid out, one of the hot-button topics coming out of this past NFL season was how roughing the passer was called on the field and whether there should be the option for teams to challenge a roughing the passer penalty. Now, whether that is passed remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. I still believe it is a long shot, Laura, but I think it's worth noting 
This is not overhauling the specific mechanics of what constitutes a roughing the passer call, but it does open up the possibility that if a call is errantly made on the field, it could be overturned by penalty. As we all know, defensive players were frustrated throughout this past season by how many calls and in some cases the timing of those roughing the passer calls. But this is one step forward for those that believe that almost any judgment call should be reviewable in the NFL. Dan, I think this is a no-brainer. You like the idea of making rough in the passer reviewable by video? I want it to be confirmable more than reviewable because hmm. then it gets the game very choppy in college football. I've asked for this for two years. In college football, when targeting happens, officials are taught, throw the flag, okay? And then they go to video to see if it's either confirmed that, yes, it is targeting or that they're going to overturn that call. It expedites the process. It's a very important play in the NFL. I understand the protection of quarterback, but I want them to be able to confirm the call rather than let's just review it with the sky cam. I think what's funny is, is we're, we're slowing down football, but we're speeding up all these other sports. Like, I think we got to be mm -hmm. careful we start reviewing things. We tried to review pass interference, these judgment calls. It didn't go well. I, I think a similar thing can happen. What's forcible contact? Was that forcible contact to his head? Was it not? I think, listen, here's the deal. The NFL wants to protect quarterbacks. Sure. Plain and simple. I joked about it earlier. They'd rather see Stafford and Manning than Orlovsky and Hasselbeck. That's the reality of the <laughs> NFL. They want their star quarterbacks healthy. They're going to protect them. They're okay if they get calls wrong as long as the marquee players are healthy and available mm -hmm. to play. And so I don't think it really matters to them. What, what matters to them is when we have games where no one wants to see the quarterbacks that are playing. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. I think what does matter to them is the NFL referees constantly being a part of the conversation yeah. more so than the game like we had in the Super Bowl. Now, I wasn't. I know that wasn't No one's ever going to agree on roughing calls. You know it But I think you could build a, like, a group yeah. of people that are there every week that has that sky judge that, that kind of determines confirm that call or overturn that call. Interesting. Uh, wait, you guys aren't Stafford and Manning? I thought... You were. I think I'm going to um, do a trade out in the break. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're just getting started here on NFL Live. Busy day to date. And after a season falling short of expectations, how will the Patriots take advantage of their plentiful cap space? Hear which position Dan says they need to snag to get back to their winning standard. Plus, with Brady's retirement, all four NFC South teams are now in the market for a new QB. But hear which team Mina is begging not to take one this year. We'll be right back. More NFL Live on the way here on ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. 
Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. The XFL is back Saturday night on FX as the Sea Dragons take on the Vipers. Coverage continues Sunday on FX as the Battlehawks square off against the Defenders at 1 Eastern. Then it's the Guardians and the Renegades. Cap off your day with the Brahmas and Roughnecks on ESPN2 and ESPN Deportes. At 8 Eastern, every game also available on ESPN+. Plus. Hey, we're two weeks away from the legal negotiating period in the NFL free agency. Lots of big names are going to be available. But, Dan, give us a non-quarterback you think could be a game changer for whatever team lands on. I'll go C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I mean, think of what he did for Philadelphia's secondary this year. That was the number one pass defense secondary-wise in the NFL. One, the versatility. He could play inside as a nickel. He could play outside a corner, and he could play safety. The second thing is, and this is a huge part for secondary play in the NFL, you got to be able to tackle well. He can blitz, and in space, he's phenomenal. This is a guy that I think can go to a back seven and make it a much better unit. Hmm. Philadelphia's got to try to keep him, but he's a big piece. I'm going to go with another Philadelphia uh -huh. Eagle. That's defensive tackle Javon Hargrave. We talked a lot about how good this defensive line was this year. He was a big part of the reason why ranked top five in pressures, sacks, pass rush win rate amongst defensive tackles. He's one of the best interior pass rushers in the league. Love the idea of a team like, say, Chicago, if they drafted Will Anderson, pairing him with a young edge rusher to shore up that defensive line and eat up double teams. He had an incredible season, and he's going to be rewarded as such this offseason. Well, Jamel Dean isn't a Philadelphia Eagle, but he is an excellent player. Cornerback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think clearly the best cornerback available on the open market this offseason. 26 years old, became a full-time starter this past year for Tampa Bay. He's got seven career interceptions. He ran a 4-3-1-40 back at the Combine four Ooh. years ago. He's an awesome straight-line athlete. And as we know, cornerbacks get paid in free agency. The Bucs do not have much cap flexibility, so he could be changing teams this offseason. All right, so then you say, who can actually afford these guys, okay, <laughs> when March comes around? The Bears can do just about whatever they want, okay? But how about Atlanta? The Falcons mm. or the other team with 50 million right now, mm. but the Raiders, Giants, Bengals, and Patriots have cash to splash as well. Plenty of ways to create cap space, too, between now and the start of free agency, as we know. Afield, let's go ahead and spend some of that money in New England, okay? Why not? What do we know about their plans for free agent wide receiver Jacoby Myers? Well, first of all, Laura, I love nothing more than spending somebody else's money. It's just a universally agreed upon awesome thing to do. <laughs> but I think Jacoby Myers in New England sort of crystallizes the crux of free agency. There's no two, uh, there's no way, two ways about this. Jacoby Myers is the best Patriots wide receiver, and they need wide receiver help. That being said, Jacoby Myers is perhaps the best free agent wide receiver available this offseason. And if he gets an offer, it comes in the range of somebody like Christian Kirk. Are you the Patriots willing mm. to extend to 16 or 18 million dollars per year for a player in Jacoby Myers who is a very solid player? But he is not a true alpha wide receiver one who's going to consistently post 1,200 receiving yards in a season. 
That So I think the Patriots' plans are, of course, they want to have Jacoby Myers back, but if the market speaks to a level that they can't get to, then I think Jacoby Myers could be another player on the yeah. move this offseason. While I love Jacoby Myers and you, babyface, I don't agree that he's the best free agent wide receiver available. That is OBJ. And Ooh. if you're New England, don't waste another year. Mm. You wasted last year with the decision of offensive coordinator. Careful. Bill O'Brien there now. Don't waste another. This is a massive year for Mac Jones. And just let's keep it honest about the AFC. We talk about their quarterbacks all the time. They got dudes at wide receiver in the in that conference as well. In their division, Miami's got two. Buffalo's got one. Cincinnati's got like seven. The Chargers got a guy. The, the Raiders have a guy. New England doesn't have anybody. And they can't think that they could be this New England of past where they just mm. kind of plugged and played guys because they had the greatest quarterback of all time while he also had Rob Gronkowski. They need to go get a bona fide number one, like pass catching production guy. I don't care if we're going to name him number one receiver or not, but I love the fact of, or love the thought of adding OBJ to Mac Jones' third year. So hard with New England because it's a team that since Julian Edelman retired has just been struggling so much to find an answer at his position in a number of different ways. You had trades like for Devontae Parker, that uh, free agency signing. You remember when they made a huge splash signing Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith didn't really work out. They got, of course, Matthew Judon on that sp uh, spending spree. And then, of course, their struggles in the draft are well documented. As far as which of those routes they'll take, I kind of think they're going to stay away from the draft. This isn't a particularly strong wide receiver class, and that is an area that they've struggled with. There are other needs. So then you fall to free agency or a trade option. Dan, if OBJ is old OBJ, it's a slam dunk. Right. We just don't know. You could say the same about Michael Thomas, frankly, who has maybe more upside mm -hmm. than any wide receiver in this class, but we haven't seen play at a high level in some time now. I wouldn't rule them out as a trade option. You know, when you look at guys like DeAndre Hopkins or even, I don't know, Brandon Cooks for reunion, but I agree with you that they're going to have to take a risk because there really aren't a lot of good options. Yeah, I'm glad Mina mentioned the health with OBJ because I don't know that any of us know exactly where he's at physically. But one thing I do believe, and Dan made this point, is that I think the Patriots need to be big game hunting this offseason. Mm -hmm. One thing the team has done extremely well under Bill Belichick for 22 years is find players that might be average elsewhere, make them really good players or at least above average players. They can get by, especially on defense with guys that may not start elsewhere that play really well for them. On offense, again, Jacoby Myers is a really solid player. You need a difference maker, though. And whether yeah. that player is DeAndre Hopkins or one of these guys that could be available this offseason via trade, that's where I think the Patriots roster is lacking right now. Blue chip players yep. that are Pro Bowl or All-Pro yeah. or Top 100 level type athletes. And it's not only for me, guys, like New England getting back to the playoffs. This is an enormous season for Mac Jones. Yeah. Because of the maybe the conversation yeah. around him off of last year and his – him not playing well, again, offensive coordinator-wise, and being his third year, and they're going to have to make a decision. I want to see them get OBJ. I'd love for them to keep Jacoby, and if they don't, I want them to get Mike Kosicki. Could you imagine this offense Ooh. with Mac Jones, with OBJ, and then Mike Kosicki at tight end, the free agent from Miami? Now we're talking about really evaluating Mac Jones and seeing if he's the guy for the future. You know, it's different situations. It's different teams. I get it. Different quarterbacks. But it does make you think about what happens, like what they did with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, surrounding a quarterback who is in a prove-it year with some good really good weapons, and then look how that can potentially work out. Coming up next on the show, which quarterback will Carolina plan to build their team around? Someone here is even saying with the right guy at the helm, the Panthers are divisional winners. We'll tell you more next on NFL Live. We'll be right back.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. To have the opportunity to run out in front of 90,000 fans and play a game that I love, you feel this vibrancy to your life when you go out there. And, you know, it brings back the most amazing memories in my life. It's going to be a hell of a story. It's a love that Kobe had for basketball, that Michael Jordan had for it, that Tiger Woods had for golf. Football is my first love. I'm forever indebted to the game. Brady's retirement leaves the NFC South with quarterback questions for every team in the division as we welcome you back to NFL Live. So let's go through the options for each team, okay? Let's start with the only Brady replacement on the roster in Tampa, former Florida Gator Kyle Trask. Blaine Gabbard is scheduled for free agency in March, and they have work to do before making a top-of-market QB ad. They currently have the least amount of cap space in the NFL, so not really possible. Dan, what should the Bucks do at quarterback next season? Look towards the 2024 draft, maybe? I mean, Ooh. here's the reality. The Bucks are $58 million over the cap. So fine, if you want to start Kyle Trask, that's great. You're $58 million, You're an old football team. You don't have any quarterback. What does that future look like? Look like? It should start to have the conversation of maybe it's Caleb Williams or Drake May. Maybe you start Kyle Trask and you see what you have. And if he blows your socks off, great. You've found gold. But that's unlikely given the, the makeup of the roster right now. 2024 is probably a big part of Tampa's future. Kyle Trask, a second-round pick. Next up, New Orleans. Jameis Winston enters the final year of his contract, and his only competition at the moment is Jake Luton, although Andy Dalton could be a free agent option. Like Tampa, the cap space situation, never ideal in New Orleans. Tim, what should the Saints do with the quarterback position? I like the fit of Derek Carr with mm. the Saints. Look, I, I think this, you know, you look at that division, I think it's a winnable division with some of the talent that's already there in New Orleans. And Derek Carr, I think, would do well at a place that really wants him. It's one of the reasons I feel like it's a good match for him as well. And look, the situation with Jameis Winston, I had high hopes for him. towards mm. ACL, he's going to be coming off of that. But he's due like $13 million this upcoming season. That's not prohibitive to going and signing a veteran quarterback and playing him, paying him kind of like second-tier starter money. 
which I think you'd be able to do with Derek Carr. Let's stay in the NFC South to Atlanta, where the Falcons go three deep at quarterback with Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter, and Logan Woodside. They also have plenty of cash to play with. Dang. Only the Bears have more to spend than Atlanta as of today. So, Mina, what should the Falcons do at quarterback this offseason? Yeah, start with a couple of things. I think they're ready to move on from Marcus Mariota. They showed that last season. I also think Desmond Ritter flashed a bit in his final two games of the season, which very few people watch. Uh, I also think this Atlanta roster needs so much help on defense that they should not focus on drafting a quarterback or trading draft picks. Now, if Ryan Tannehill is cut or they like the value of, say, a Jacoby Brissett, certainly bring in some competition for Ritter. But I would not allocate draft capital towards the position. There's just too much work to be done elsewhere on this roster for the long term. We finish our tour of the NFC South in Carolina. Matt Corral and Jacob Eason under contract in Charlotte, but the Panthers are another team with some spring cleaning to do on their 2023 salary cap figures. So let's bring in ESPN draft analyst Matt Miller here. Matt, glad to have you. And the Panthers clearly could be considering a quarterback with the ninth overall pick. As you talk to people around the league, any sense of who they like? Yeah, Lord, you definitely get the sense that they are all in on Anthony Richardson. I know it's going to make Dan very happy. The athleticism <laughs> is there. The arm strength is there. And you hear this offensive staff led by Frank Reich, they believe that they can develop a quarterback with play, you know, guys like Jim Caldwell is there. Thomas Brown, they bring him from the L.A. Rams. So you're going to do a lot of vertical things down the field. I think this is a good situation for Richardson, a top 10 pick, which we're all expecting. They can bring back Sam Darnold, who can really hold the door mm -hmm. for a year and then let someone like Richardson develop. Where I think you get him on the field immediately, see some packages for him, a lot like we saw at Florida in 2021. But then you get him more ready to be that starter in 2024. And I do think this is an ideal situation for him as a guy who it's really feeling like he's a lock to be a top 10 pick. Yeah, Matt, the way you lay that out does sound like the perfect situation for Richardson, and that's so important with this young player. More from Matt is coming up a little bit later on in the show, so don't go anywhere, Matt. But, Mina, what do you think the Panthers, Panthers should do at quarterback? Ooh, that Richardson suggestion is intriguing. I like it because it speaks to a team with a long-term approach. You know, this is an organization that has sought stop gaps at the quarterback position. It's just been Band-Aid after Band-Aid with trades and free agents. It hasn't worked out. Uh, so the idea of drafting Richardson and bringing in potentially a free agent, I, I like Jacoby Brissett actually as an option here, to hold down the fort while he develops is very intriguing to me. I will say, though, if C.J. Stroud is there at nine, I also really like his fit with this team. Yeah. Um, I think C.J. Stroud, most people would agree, is more pro-ready than Richardson. I love his arm. Uh, he's so accurate. He's a good decision maker. And I think behind an ascendant offensive line in Carolina with those skill players, they could actually be pretty competitive early on. Carolina, Carolina needs to take a rookie quarterback, and they need to take one early, okay? Where's the flaw of this roster? Yes. It's a agreed. pretty good football team. Hmm. This is a team that is a top ten potentially top five defense with all of their talent, an offensive line that is going to get much better over the next year or two, two decent backs, a really good wide receiver with good quarterback play. And, and like, I would go back to the Atlanta conversation. What team is going to jump in that division? Don't worry about New Orleans right now if you're Tampa Bay. Carolina, it's time to make the move. You're saying I, jump up and go get a quarterback. Go. Yeah, go it's up time high. to yeah. make the move. If you make the move, and I understand drafting quarterbacks are 50. I get all that. So is not drafting one. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, you can own the division for the next 10 years, given the salary cap issues that Tampa and New Orleans has. It's between you and Atlanta. That's how I feel about it. It's Carolina, Atlanta. Carolina, it's time to go. You have a quarterback as a head coach 
Josh McCown is there. Those guys are going to develop young quarterbacks. I love Stroud. I've said Stroud since day one there. If it's Anthony Richardson, I think with good coaching, he can be an absolute rock star in the NFL. Yeah, I, but I think when you paint the picture of that team, like you think they're close. You Absolutely. think like a quarterback away. From good play. And think about this. Jimmy Garoppolo, by the way, mm. has had a lot of success playing in this league. He's not going to be crazy expensive because of his injury history, because of the situation in San Francisco and kind of how that's going to all play out for him. So you actually are, he's kind of found himself in a unique situation where like his leverage isn't where it would normally be for a guy that's accomplished as much as he's accomplished. And oh, by the way, he told everybody, hey, like, oh, by the way, in I think it was October or November, Carolina is actually where I almost ended up. Yeah. Like that, that was yeah. that was actually <laughs> kind of where I was going to land. So like, I just think that while drafting a quarterback and developing them, especially the guys that are there, have a ton of you know faith that they would do a good job with that. Listen, if if you don't get the guy that you really like, sure, the option that might actually be the better thing for you if you mm. end up with Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm fine with Jimmy Garoppolo there. But we can't, if you're Carolina, continue to do the let's sign this veteran quarterback yeah. thing. Like, it, this football team is way too talented. And this division is way too below average to just sit there and say good quarterback play. It is time, Carolina. You are too good of an organization talent-wise to not get a superstar quarterback. You guys tried to get Deshaun. And if one of these four young kids coming out of college are going to – I would even sit – you got to go. It, it, you can't wait around yeah. and, and think that one is going to fall into your lap. You pick the right one. You got the right people to develop them. I just think with Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe they would win the division, okay, but it wouldn't make a deep playoff run, you know? I, I wouldn't mind the idea of Jimmy Garoppolo and Anthony Richardson, 100%. but I'll say this, Tim. I, I think there's going to be some competition for Garoppolo's services because as we go through this league, there are just so many teams that need quarterbacks, um, and I suspect – he might be priced out of their range if that was to happen. I don't know. But if I'm Carolina, like I said, I keep going to the fact that you need to have a long-term plan because that's just yeah. been lacking with this team for so long. I, I think – I don't know that, there, that there's going to be this competition for him. I, I mean, I really – like, like start finding the landing spots. I, I, I've done the exercise, especially once you get after the draft. Like, finding the landing spots. It's a little bit like you look around like – all right, well, where's the place where you can go and be a starter? I think we're we've both seen okay that. with Jimmy we've and a rookie. Yeah, I would be okay. fine with yeah. that. No, but no he's not just saying, it. hey, Jimmy, go no, and No, because here's the deal. He's never healthy. Right. You need to protect right. yourself with somebody yeah. else. And so I'm not saying I, – and I think because of his injury history, yeah. the contract is not going to be insurmountable. And I think that like part of me is – when I mention Atlanta is if you're Carolina, you can't – Atlanta let Atlanta go up and get their guy. And they get all that money too. You know what I'm saying? They've like if you're Carolina, space, it's got to right. be between you and Atlanta. Who's going to make the move? I do think that the point of Anthony Richardson having at least a year to not be the main starter, he can have packages where he goes out on the field, is so crucial to his development as yeah. an NFL quarterback. All right, up next on NFL Live, the quarterbacks have been getting all the love, as you can see, in this year's draft class. But there are some names at wide receiver we should be looking at. Matt Miller is going to give you some of those names next. Join us as we'll be right back after this break. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Combine in Indy this week. Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud has committed to throwing at the Combine. I get it. It's not a real game. I'm excited, though, to see him put everyone on notice. Yo, We've seen him make, he is. We've seen him make some enormous throws in the biggest games. Now he says he isn't shying away from the pressure of Look the Combine. Let's go ask Matt. Yeah, that's Matt. That's Matt Miller. Each of us gets our draft questions answered by our draft expert, Matt Miller. Mina, you are up first here. What do you have for Matt? Yeah, I'm excited to watch CJ throw because he is such a great thrower of the football. It's one of my favorite attributes he has. Uh, but Matt, I do think there's a reasonable criticism that during much of the season, he wasn't great under pressure, didn't really flash the sort of second-level ability, creation, mobility we like to see out of our top quarterbacks. Then, in the college football semifinals against Georgia, he's like a totally different guy. So my question for you, he shows all of those things, including the mobility. My question for you is how do teams regard this? The fact that for much of the season, we didn't see C.J. Stroud on the move, and then suddenly in the biggest game of his life, he used his legs to great effect. Yeah, Mina, that's a great question. I think we always want to see best versus best. You want to maybe put a little more weight, in my opinion at least, when a player is going against a historically great defense like Georgia. And you're, you're talking about CJ, and you're right. We wanted to see it for two years. Like, come on, use your legs. Get out of the pocket. Scramble around. You know who that reminds me of? Justin Herbert at Oregon. When they told him, yeah. Justin, do not run. Yes. You're too valuable. We can't lose you. And so he had to stay in the pocket. It was a big question. It's why he fell a little bit in the draft. I think CJ, it's a similar situation. He can do it. He just really wasn't asked or allowed to. Yeah, it's interesting because when we talked to Ohio State around that time, they also mentioned that they had different receivers than they expected having at the beginning of the season, which I do think is a big piece of how their entire offensive scheme affected Stroud. Tim, your turn for a question. Go ahead. Matt, I want to know why there, there seems to be this huge gap between Hendon Hooker and these top, five, top four quarterbacks hmm. that we keep talking about maybe going in the top ten. Tim, I don't know that there is one other than the fact that Hooker tore that ACL late in the season. It was November with the ACL injury. I think that puts the timing a little bit off. But I'll tell you, I had a round one grade on him before that happened. I know he's a little bit older. He turned 25 in December, I believe. He throws a beautiful deep ball, though. And what we saw over the last two years at Tennessee since he transferred in for Virginia Tech was a guy who attacks down the field. He layers the ball beautifully. He throws a catchable ball, and he doesn't turn the ball over. So while we talk about Will Levis and Anthony Richardson being 
projects who have poor accuracy or turn the ball over, Hooker, I think, is ready-made. So as soon as he's healthy, I see someone that could be an NFL starter. Dan, what do you have? So the last three drafts, Matt, the NFL has gotten this influx of wide receivers that have come in the first round and been impact guys. I mean, three years ago, Justin Jefferson, he's the Offensive Rookie of the Year this year. This past year, Garrett Wilson wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Olave was second. Who or is there is a wide receiver in this class that can make an impact like these guys had so early on in their NFL career? Yeah, Dan, I think this is more like 2018 or 2019 when we saw those first receivers come off the board in the mid-20s. Now, someone may go earlier. I look at Quentin Johnston from TCU, who's six foot four. He's probably going to run a 4-4 flat at six foot four, which is ridiculous. Mm. But he does have a little bit of a drop issue, 11.8 drop percentage throughout his career, but was a deep throw. Someone would go away. Jordan Addison, I love the way he plays. I've comped him to Deshaun Jackson with his route ability and speed. And then Jackson Smith and Jigba, one of the greatest games ever in 2022 in the Rose Bowl against Utah. But this past year, he caught five passes for 43 yards because of a hamstring injury. So there are dudes this year, Dan. They just have big questions, I think. When you look at the defensive players in this draft, you can't talk about them, Matt, without mentioning Jalen Carter from Georgia and then Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama, who everybody said was going to be a top three at least pick just a year or so ago. How do you evaluate those two players and maybe some of the discrepancies between them? Yeah, I do think Will would have been the number one pick last year if he had been eligible to come out, but he couldn't come out yet. So now we see him this year. Laura, I think it all goes back to scheme. If you need a three mm. technique to build your defense around, you draft Jalen Carter because he is a home wrecker at defensive tackle. We saw it when he came back this year. Once he was healthy, I mean, he's just throwing guys out of the club playing defensive tackle. <laughs> Will Anderson's going to give you more of that Von Miller first step quickness. The burst that he brings is unbelievably good. So I know we got to pit these two guys against each other. I actually think they're both great. They're number one and number two on my board. So it's it's really hard to choose between them other than it really is what your scheme dictates. You know, I will say whoever gets chosen second out of those two is going to use it as big motivation. It is scheme based to Matt's point, but those guys take that stuff really seriously. Hey, NFL Live will be covering all the top prospects preparing for the draft at the NFL Combine. Dan, Mina, Ryan Clark, Lewis Riddick, Todd McShay, Adam Schefter. Join me in Indy for expanded coverage starting at 3 Eastern Thursday and Friday. Two hour shows from the Combine this week. Don't miss them. After the break, will the Bears be trading Justin Fields or the number one pick to a team in need? We'll tell you who we think needs to make a deal with Chicago. Who's going to go up and get somebody? We'll be right back. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, UFC 285 comes your way Saturday night, and it's another stacked card with two title fights. Highlighted by the long-awaited return of John Jones, the main card begins at 10 Eastern on pay-per-view with the prelims at 8 Eastern on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Plus. To order the main card in English and Spanish, go to ESPNPlus.com slash PPV. Back to our top story where Adam Schefter reported this morning that the Bears are leaning towards trading the number one overall pick in the upcoming NFL draft. And that would make you think they're going to stick with Justin Fields as their quarterback. But let's talk about teams that might be interested in that number one overall pick in the draft, okay? Maybe a team without a quarterback under contract past 2024. So look at this. The Colts tried all three of Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, and Sam Ellinger last year. Well, how did it go? It made Colts GM Chris Ballard declare in January, quote, I do whatever it takes to move up for the right quarterback in the draft. His boss was even more direct. Tim Ursay said the Colts were going to have to find a young quarterback to develop before adding, quote, the Alabama guy doesn't look bad. (laughs) Ursay then took to Twitter to address his relationship with the Chicago Bears or at least some Chicago Bears. Look at that. It goes back more than 60 years. Plenty of groundwork being laid for a possible trade up. That's a a real real bear. bear. That's at the Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago. I've been telling my kids we've gotten soft as a society. Uh, Mercy's riding a bear. Man, don't put your kids on the back of a bear. Although I'm sure that was very safe because they were doing it and it was back in 60 years ago. Anyway, Mina, the Colts are at number three overall. Uh, That's where the people are going to point to right away is Indy saying, let's go get a quarterback because they made it very obvious. Uh, What do you make of them as a trade partner for the Bears? Yeah, not exactly maximizing their leverage there with some of those quotes. Um, but everybody knows they want a quarterback because Dan mentioned Carolina as being one team that has to make a strong effort to get one. I would say Indianapolis is in the same category for a pretty similar reason, which is this is a team that has leaned on stop gaps at the position now yeah. since the Andrew Luck retirement, free agent signings, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, and it hasn't worked out. It feels like the time is right for them to commit to a young signal caller. I also like this group in the draft. I think they're in reasonably good position to get one. Where it gets tricky for me is which quarterback that'll be. Um, I believe Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this draft and yep. should be the first one taken. It sounds like Jim Irsay might agree. But I also think it's worth noting that the Colts GM, Chris Ballard, in the past, I mean, you heard the quarterbacks I've mentioned, they are very different from Bryce Young. They are big, tall, pocket passers. So for him to depart from that, I think, uh, would be necessary for them to go get Bryce, which is what I think they should do. Uh, But it might be time for a change after some of the failures that they've experienced in recent years. I think there's two quarterbacks that I feel really good about saying, hey, they're worth going up and getting. Bryce Young being one and C.J. Stroud being the other. Anthony Richardson is in that conversation. Shane Steichen, the new uh, head coach for Indy, just came from Philadelphia. Okay, so I'm just putting that out there. Think about what the success he had with Jalen Hurts. I'm going to put it very bluntly. If you're an AFC team, I think there's three that are legit drafted quarterback now options. Indy, Houston, and the Raiders. If you, don't, if you guys don't get quarterbacks that are really, 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 really good, you have no chance for the next decade because of all the other quarterbacks in that conference that you're going to have to go through. I could even potentially throw Tennessee into that. So you're looking at the team that Houston at number two, Indy at four, and then the Raiders at seven as AFC teams. 
and I'll go to the next conference, the NFC. If you're an NFC general manager looking at these quarterbacks, you got to go through Philly. Potentially San Francisco, we'll see what they do at quarterback, but that's the team that you have to go through. If you're the Washington Commanders, do you think you can just sit put and not do anything knowing there's one team you have to go through? <laughs> what happens if the Giants don't get Daniel Jones under contract? You can't stand pat and think, well, we'll just go get it. You, these guys are super talented. You cannot sit if you are either conference because of the quarterbacks you have to go through in the AFC and because how wide open the NFC is. The th issue I have with, with all of that, and you're right about these teams needing quarterbacks, but like, let's just say that you're, you want to move from nine to one. Yeah. Mm. What's that going to cost? A lot. Like, what are we willing to give up? Like, I think it's great to be like, hey, let's do the mock draft. Like, hey, I'm, I'm moving up and getting that guy. I'd be like, all right, that's great. We want five first rounders. Like, sure. are we really, like, are you really doing that? Like, I just think that, like, look at what's happened in, in San Francisco, okay? Like, let's use sure. them as the example. Mm -hmm. They trade all that capital to go get Trey Lance. Like, he may not even start 20 football games mm. for them. Like, I, I think you've got to be very careful. But they've been like, to the AFC Championship two or three years. That hasn't held them back. But, Dan, did you, because the quarterback, I mean, they, they've had some, some things work out there. I'm saying when you, when you give up all that capital for a quarterback, like, now all of a sudden it, it starts to impair how you can actually make things around him be better. And, and so I guess what I'm saying is mm. you'd be comfortable going, like, you like C.J. Stroud? All right, look, it's, it's four first-rounders to get from nine to one. I think it depending on the team. I, well, that, that's, Tim, the team. Mike, that's the team. That's the team. Well, Carolina's at nine. Let's Carol, it's time team. to go. But, it's time to go. But, Dan, so I hear you there, and I, I know what you think about that, but are these quarterbacks, like, which ones are worth giving all I, that up for? I think C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are two guys that I sit here in the at back end of February and I go, man, those guys are real. Bryce is really good. Now you got to be okay with his size, and that's a very individual thing. C.J. Stroud is super, super pure as a thrower. Anthony Richardson, yeah. with good coaching and really kind of following the Justin Fields path of just tightening mechanics of his lower half, has rock star talent. So I mm. think there's two guys that I feel really good with and one that I'm trending towards that way. I agree. We share a lot of the same opinions on this class. I, I think, though, as an organization, you have to do two things. One, you have to scout the hell out of these quarterbacks and have a strong idea about whether you believe uh, the guy you're trading out for is worth it. And, and then, and this is to jump off of what you guys were talking about with San Francisco, you have to scout where you are as a team. If you're a team like San Francisco, where you already have a good roster, I actually think you're more comfortable making that jump because you don't need the draft picks and you're not likely to be t picking at the top again. Yeah, but we say that and we point to a team like Denver that traded all those draft picks for Russell Wilson. They didn't think they were going to be picking near the top when they sent that to Seattle. So sometimes it can be hard to tell, but you have to do a good job self-scouting too. San Francisco's done okay. The Rams traded up for Jared Goff five years later without him won the Super Bowl. We're barreling toward a fascinating time in the NFL. Time for one more thing before we go. For that, we check in on Dan's Twitter. Dan, explain the origin of this one. At have to pick one English accent or Australian. You oh. say you're English. Is that you with the accent, or you just like an English yeah, do accent? Yeah. Do you want an English accent, oh or do you God. want like I, don't, I can't do an Australian accent. Tim, you got an Which Australian accent. Which one would you prefer, you? English or not, Australian? Not even getting involved in this one. <laughs> we need the combine to get here. Yeah. Is what that tweet tells me because Dan Hosky has too much think, time on his hands. I think your English, English accent, accent is, is phenomenal. Yeah. It or leads. do you want an Australian accent? Oh, man. All of that didn't even sound like any accent. We'll see you tomorrow on NFL Live. <laughs>
What was that? That's good.